Hello, this is Stephen from the Endless Sales page. I hope you're all keeping well. I'm delighted to be joined again today by with John. I'm having a new guest called Ross, and he's going to do an intro for himself and tell you a little bit about himself and his Celtic connections. So go ahead, Ross. Hi there. Um, so my name's Ross. Um, basically supported Celtic for as long as I can remember. Uh, my uncle Gary used to take me to the games, put me under the turnstiles when I was about nine. Uh, sitting up in the barriers in the jungle and I've just never looked back since. I was going the days of Jerry Craney and Mike Galloway, so you could say I'm a bit of a Celtic dad. <laughs> but I, a Celtic just, dad? Celtic, <laughs> Celtic's just, just life. It's just a way of life now and that's it. Yeah, that's, I, think, I think that's the way me and John are as well. As we said last week, it's the family sort of thing. Once you're born into Celtic, then there's no getting away from it. Aye, aye it's just... It's an everyday thing. Just yeah. talk about it every day. Think about it every day. It's just Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to ha- it's nice to have you on the show, Ross, and I do appreciate you joining. Hopefully, <laughs> you'll be you'll be in many more podcasts if everything goes well with the page and stuff. But we'll move on to uh, this. So. Yeah, that's no problem. We'll move on to the statement side of things that was released yesterday. Before we touch on the weekend's <clears> game. <throat> Now, what was seen was Ian Bankier, the chairman of Celtic, released a statement in regards to the ongoing review and the financial results. From my point of view, I already posted on the page, I thought it was a bit of a deflection tactic. They posted the financial results along with the review kind of thing, making it so the fans could be like, oh, maybe they're doing the right thing, but from finances, losing £6 million, that sort of thing. But again, mm-hmm. the, from my point of view, the bigger picture was missed. It was all blamed on COVID and Neil Lennon's being treated like he's the Holy Grail. I mean, where does the club go from here? What what other thing can we expect from now until the end of the season? What, what do you think, Russell Farrell, will you first? Um, <clears throat> well, basically, I totally agree. Like, it, it's been a bit of a deflection tactic. At one point in it, he said that the club has made announcements dealing with the speculation over the manager's tenure. They've made announcements, but they've dealt with nothing, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, delaying tactics all the time. Uh, <coughs> sort of feel a bit for Lennon as well, because you don't know if stuff is getting relayed to him or if he knows if he's going to be out the door or if he... Because he keeps saying he's working for day-to-day and I don't know, it's, it's... Everybody's in the dark and we know as much now as what we did before the statement was released, so it's, in effect, done absolutely nothing to appease anybody. No, you're you're 100% right. I mean, the way I see it as well, Neil Lennon has come out today even and said he's comfortable in his position. For me, he shouldn't be comfortable, especially the way things are going. And this is not not the badmouth Lennon or anything at all. We know he's a legend, what he's done for Celtic. But if you look look at the situation, any other club in the universe, with the running results we did have, I know we're on a four-game winner run, which is magical. (laughs) But for me, that that is not enough. To keep to keep him in the job or to make him feel comfortable that he's going to be there next season. I mean, what do you think, John? Uh, no, I no, I I essentially agree with what you're both saying. Um, going back, to that statement was pretty bland. To be honest, there was no much said really. Uh, nothing that we didn't already know, other than the financial results. Um, they kept going on about the position being reviewed and that something was going. To, a statement was going to be released. So I don't think it sort of met. Uh, what anybody was expecting uh, and touching on what Ross said there as well um, it's I feel for Lennon as well in that sense because it, it does sound like he's been kept in the dark and he's gone day to day but I also think that's got a negative effect on the team overall and morale and stuff like that because it, it also means that they don't know what's happening going forward either and that can't be helping anybody <clears throat> um, because they don't know whether or not the manager's going to be there next week or what's happening next season, the futures and everything in the balance, uh, as well as the managers, so uh, I think it is a neg- the, the, uh, whether the board realise that or no, uh, it's got a negative impact across the board. Um, well, if, so, If you look at it in terms of as you said, like the team could be unsettled, I mean, <clears throat> if you look at our lineups, there's no need players in there, there's players you know are going to be leaving, and it's who's going to be left, who's going to be there to pick up the pieces, the pieces of the team. From, from my point of view, I would have sacked Lennon after the Rangers game, to be honest, but my tipping point was well before that, and many other Celtic fans are the same. But just to, just to give that new manager 
a sense of direction to go with the team. The tender row was lost. We all know it was lost at that time. We weren't going to blame a new manager coming in. It's all about building, putting the building blocks in for the future. Now, one person that a lot of people seem to be leaning towards, or maybe leaning towards like an assistant manager or a coach, is Sean Maloney. I'm sure many of you have seen things online about how he speaks. He speaks about the game. What would, what would be your opinion on Maloney coming back to the club in a coaching capacity? Is that for me? That's for anybody who wants to take it up. Ross, John? Uh, um, I mean, I'm not totally against it, but it depends who he's going to be working with. I mean, obviously, he's gaining a lot of experience in the Belgian setup now, but as regards as a coach, I don't really know much about him, apart from that he, he is working with there, and he's obviously working with top-class players, which will stand him in good stead, I guess. But um, that's the first I've actually heard that rumour. I didn't realise that until you said that there. I, I've seen a lot of people saying the way he speaks about the game. It's a bit, bit like the way Rogers used to speak about link-ups of play, passes of play. I mean, would it be something you agree with, John, bringing them back in some sort of capacity? I don't think he's ready for it yet. Like you said, he's... he's... I saw that rumour being floated about. I mean, this is... This is... It's a, it's like it goes back to that thing like we were saying again last week. It's like everybody and their dog's going to be linked to this job going forward. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he he was doing the commentary uh, for the game or the like the halftime stuff. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure as soon as somebody seen him pop up, they were like, "Oh, he's a coach," and then started linking his name with Celtic as well, uh, given the fact that he used to be a player. But like he says, I think, yeah. I'm sure he's he's getting a lot of experience in working with top-class players and everything else at Belgium. Um, but I don't think he's right for us uh, going forward at the minute. No. Ah, but not wouldn't be my choice anyway, given what's available. Certainly, certainly not for the, the, the manager outright as assistant, quite possibly, but no outright manager. But I think what everybody forgets now is that Lennon is still in the job and at the moment it looks like he's, he's going to be there at the end of the season. They're no making any noises to suggest that he's not going to be there going into next season. So it's. I mean, we're all. Sorry, go. I mean, for me, it's like the way you said there, like Lennon's still on the job. You're right, there is no noises to say he's going to be gone. I mean, every statement points towards being together, being as one as a club. But they seem to forget the big part of the club, the big part of the makeup of the club is supporters. And they've left the supporters behind us. They've left the supporters behind this season. I mean, there's been no Absolutely. communication. There's been no correspondence apart from a couple of statements have been sent out, but really they don't answer nothing. It's like a delivery driver going to your door without the takeaway. There's no way, there's no end product to that. And if, and if you look at it as well, it's Ross, just, it's just sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You can't I was just going to say it's it's like they're just kind of a delaying with these statements. There's 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 no concrete like decision or this is how we're going to go going forward. It's just you're in the dark before and after each statement. So it's, they're pointless. But um, yeah. I, I mean, Lennon's, I feel for the guy a bit, like, because he's answering all these questions week on week about his position. And he just answers it the same way. And I, 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 like, he has a legend and I, I've loved Lennon for years. People who know me know that. I just, I really feel for him, and he, he has had, he has done good for Celtic. I just think that sometimes people compare him to Rodgers, and it's unfair. Yeah. Uh, it just so happens that he came in after Rodgers. Rodgers is clearly a better manager, but people have got these expectations that we're going to get someday Rodgers out again, and I just don't see it. I think that Rodgers came in at a time when. He needed Celtic as much as Celtic needed him. The stars aligned for both parties and it worked for a wee while. But I just think a, a manager of that calibre again, he needs to for to get for us to get somebody of that calibre, he needs to be Celtic minded because another manager of that calibre just wouldn't come to Celtic unless he had wow. that connection. And in my opinion, and it's purely because of the country we play in. It's it's not because of the stature of the club because we're a massive club worldwide, one of the biggest. But I just I think people's expectations of getting somebody like Rogers again is it's it's just no I don't know what the word I'm looking for. 
Not realistic. That's unrealistic. I mean, the way the way you look at it as well, as you said, we're a big club worldwide. I mean, the supporters are throughout the world, billions. But it's the standard of league we play in. When you switch on the TV and you're you're away of away from home to Hamilton and have one stand and that's all. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not going to be appealing to the international manager, which is why I'm going back to the point about Maloney coming in, maybe with an up and coming European coach to come in this Celtic. But I seen the rumor I posted up on the page as well. The Juventus chief scout, I can't really pronounce his name, but he's been linked with the director of football job. What do you think, John? Do you think that's the way to go forward with up and coming coaches to take the team forward in the next two to three years? I, I mean, I don't. You get a lot. Of, you hear a lot of different things that some they think directory football is like the way the modern game is going forward, and a lot of teams adopt these directors of football to deal with uh, primarily um, sort of contracts and stuff like that, so that the manager can focus on the team. Uh, obviously, the, you'd like to think the manager would have an input, um, but again, we we ourselves no having a directory of football, but Law's been acting as a de facto director of football for years when it's not his job. Um, and I think, and I said, I touched on this last week, uh, no, last week, the last podcast, that um, I think that played a large part in Rogers wanting to get away. Um, because Rogers says he was going to be there for the 10, but we, we obviously, the circumstances he left, and we know obviously uh, when another, a, a big English team comes in uh, and he's got a route back into management doing the, the English Premiership. Uh, that it was always going to be hard to keep him. Um, but I think there was other factors that played its part in him as departure as well. I just want to touch yeah. on what Ross said uh, about getting another manager in, uh, sort of Rogers out. And, and I do agree, I think that the standard of league that we play in definitely has a negative impact on who we can and can't bring in for players and managers. Um, but I think, like a lot of these guys, it's like a club like Celtic, even if you're getting in somebody for a couple of years as a manager, they would see it as a stepping stone. Um, especially somebody like Eddie Howe, for example. I keep going back to him as an example because it's one of the managers that's available at the minute. He's in that sort of mould, Rogers mould. A young guy, um, seems to be tactically minded, working with youngsters and everything else. Uh, so he's, he's, he's in, he, he reminds me of Brendan Rogers. And getting somebody like that, and he's not in a job at the minute, a platform like Celtic puts his name uh, in the short window, essentially, and can allow him to move on to a bigger club, a better club, a different league, depending on, obviously, how he performs. Um, so, I don't think, where I agree, that, that a lot of these big managers, and this is why I don't think Benitez is going to come to us, because he's been in the biggest teams in the biggest leagues in the world. And I just I can't see him coming back, especially from a financial standpoint. But I still think we have pulling power for managers uh, just due to the, the fact that, like you say, we are a massive club um, and putting your, being able to display your your abilities as a manager in Europe um, and put yourself in the short window is appealing for managers, especially if they're not in a club at the minute. So, I don't yeah, know. But it, it, it's all hearsay. I mean... We, we, we can talk about this for hours and hours and hours, uh, and then we'll end up with somebody like Kennedy getting pulled in. Yeah, 100%. Don't even joke see, about that. <laughs> <laughs> see, that, that, that for me is another issue. The Europeans' stance of things, I mean, the financials have pointed to they've lost money, so they're going to be selling assets in the summer. And from what you can tell at the moment, it doesn't look like they want to commit to spend big money because they've done that in the summer with Lennon. And I totally love the spout. Do you know what I mean? The keeper, a jetty, who seems to be not getting chances, gets dropped and they get to run the games. I don't know why. But it's like a cast 22 because the, the finances that they posted with the statement points towards they're losing money left, right and centre. They're going to downsize. There's going to be a period of downsizing. And that's where it comes back to the coach side of things. As a big coach, as you said, John like and Eddie Howe, going, going to want to come in with a, with a limited budget that they can't, they can't improve the team. And if you look at it as well, the youth academy, I mean, it seems wasted at the moment. All these players like Armstrong, Ogle Flex, Carmogo Dembele, they can't wait to leave. <coughs> like teams like teams like Bayern Munich and all are coming, picking up Liam Morrison, the centre-back. The young striker, Jack, Jack Aitchison, said he, there was no pathway to the first team. So what manager would want to come into that situation? What What do you think, John? I, I, I mean, I think, again, this comes down to whoever it is that's in charge. Um, and 
how much power they've actually got. Um, and it's putting trust in the young players. I mean, we've seen, uh, look at Steve Wells coming through. Um, he's, like we touched on this again in the last podcast, he's been a breath of fresh air from a defensive standpoint. Uh, and it's something we've needed. Um, took him for the youth team. So I think these players are capable. Um, and I feel for Jack as well, uh, the position that he was in, because uh, when he got his chance, he came on the park, put his name in the history books. Um <coughs> He's a local boy for here as well, and Ross knows him as well. Um, and he had an immense amount of support. Um, and I think we all seen big things for him. So it was disappointing to see that after that he just kind of get put tucked away back into the, the the youth team and then never heard for again. And I think there's a lot of players we've missed out on. I mean, did we did we done the same? Look at Andy Robertson. Yeah, um, <laughs> big time. Just sitting in the youth team. Mean, you don't know he's going to turn out as, as I know, good as what he is. He's uh, maybe a late developer, eh? But, I mean, in my opinion, like, I know, like, some people will maybe say there isn't a route into the first team if you're in the youth setup, but, I mean, Callum McGregor, Sean Maloney, eh, Aidan McGeady, the name but a few, are all, like, guys that have came to the youth system and came in and been established first team players, James Forrest. Sometimes I think if you're good enough, you'll do it. And if you've got the right mindset, I'm no slagging Jack Aitchison or anybody like that by any manner of means. Everybody's got different, like, but I mean, if you're good enough, you can, you can, there is a pathway there. there there's enough guys proving it. Well, I, so I think the, the big, really, I think the big problem with the youth academy nowadays is, I mean, them players, yes, I mean, your McGregor's, your Forrest, but they're coming in their late 20s. I mean, the only really player now that we have as well, she's come free. Kieran Tierney left to go to Arsenal, obviously. But you look at it in terms of these big clubs coming in for our players, like Liam Morrison, for example, a young centre-back up and coming. He's went to Bayern Munich playing. We don't have a reserve league. So these players are basically sitting there playing no football, only getting the odd game with a de- developmental side. So can you see their point of view and wanting to leave and go? Or what, 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 what way do you think, Ross? Do you think they should stay and keep um, fighting? I, I mean, no, I can see, like, you, when you say we've not got a reserve league, I can see that side of things. But, I mean, it depends what people he's got round about him. But if you're whatever age and you've not got the right people round about you and Bayern Munich come calling, you're not going to say, say no, really, unless you get some good advice to say, look, you might not be playing. But then, who's to say we playing at Celtic every week, so why not go and get the experience of being at Bayern Munich? Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's catch-22. It's it's all conjecture, really, because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Oh, and, that, and that's the big problem, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that, that's the major issue. No one knows what's going on behind, behind the scenes. Aye, the, yeah, it goes mm-hmm. back to the communication side of things. communication at the moment. Exactly. Aye. Yeah, 100%. So we'll move on to the weekend's game then. Um, there's a few talking points in the weekend's game, but before we get into that, what overall, I'm um, John. I'll pass this to you first. What did you think of the game in general? Oh, it was, I thought it was terrible. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were two, the, the, the two good goals that we scored, I thought Edward ten the the goals brilliant. Yeah, uh, Chrissy done well to set them up. Um, but I think overall, it it, it was just a bit of a lackluster performance for me. I personally thought it was boring to watch. I didn't see anything. I think you're getting this. I mean, it seems all too common at the minute, um, and it's like you, you start seeing a bit of form, and then uh, it looks like we're playing some great football, and then the next week we kind of string a pass, a, couple, a few passes together. We, we were abysmal for many periods yeah. of that first half, and it just seems like we can't. And we're letting teams like, and this is Nestle on St. Johnson, but. They're, they're pressing us high and for a team like us I mean we, we've been used to dominating Scottish football for years now um, so I think it's maybe just about that creeping in and we're getting a wee bit too used to it but I still think there's enough about that team to be able to see teams like that half in the bother um, but we seem to struggle and yeah. I just didn't I, I didn't enjoy it fair, fair uh, that perspective I didn't enjoy watching the yeah. game at all what, what do you think Ross what's your opinion on the game on the weekend 
Um, well, aye. I mean, from the first half an hour, it was a non-event. But you have to credit St. Johnson. You've no, you've got, no got a divine right to turn up anywhere in Scotland or anywhere in the world and just win a game. But St. Johnson pressed as well, like John said. Uh, their defensive setup was good, but Celtic did make it easier for them to look good because their passing was so poor. Uh, it took us to about 35 minutes to create any meaningful chance. Uh, probably unlucky to go in at half-time, knowing the lead, but uh, there was one thing that stuck with me in Lennon's interview after the game. He said <clears throat> that he said to the players at half-time that uh, we, might, we might go behind, but uh, yeah, know, we'll be able to pull it back. Like, you shouldn't even be contemplating going behind, like, with the greatest nah, respect to St. Johnson. You should just be wanting to win the game. All right, Celtic did turn it around and he, he was right in what he said, but you just, it's just baffling to, to even say that to the players. That's just, doesn't make sense to me. It's, I mean, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of planting the seed in their head, isn't it, that they're going to lose a goal instead of trying to put it? Well, tra- go ahead. I know, I just, what were you going to say? I was going to say, instead of putting confidence in them to go on and win the game comfortably, do you know what I mean? They're, the way I've seen that, that, that comment stuck with me as well, as, as well Ross. Uh, when he said, St. Johnson are probably going to score. No, we're sad. Like, we should not be going out to McDermott Park thinking, they're going to score. Here, we might lose this game. No, we should be going into them games and being up for it, winning four or five comfortably. People can uh, go on about the, what, yeah, people can go on about the pitch and it wasn't great, but I mean, come on. When we were younger, we played in car parks and all. Do you know I mean we played better football than that? It's for me when St. Johnson scored that goal, it epitomised Celtic's season. It really did. Just the defending again. Iyer and Duffy were dragged past the front post, leaving Taylor to defend against Sean Rooney, and he just planted mm-hmm. a pass. Scott Bain. There was no challenge for anything. He barely left the ground. And when when you're not challenging players, and players can think that was their right their right wing back came up and scored that goal. When have you ever right. seen some Johnson I mean, with with the right man back or Taylor half? really? Taylor Taylor's he's he shouldn't be in there have try to cover for the two centre halves who were pulled out of position. He just got pinned off a stronger guy. But I mean I would like to hear a special mention for Christy though, because he's took a lot of criticism lately and he he affected the game in the two big moments. The second goal, brilliant dummy, first goal that extra touch just to get it to the byline when he, he could have tried to cross it in earlier and it would have been cut out, but he, he took the extra touch and picked Edward out. So, <clears throat> I mean, there, there, there wasn't a lot of good points in the game, but uh, I think at the moment it's just about getting wins because yeah. they can't find any sort of proper form and fluidity in the team. So just yeah. get results. The league's gone, but... I want Celtic to win every single game for now at the end of the season, even if that yep. means that Lennon is going to have to stay because they've won every game. I just want Celtic to win every game, regardless. It doesn't matter who's going to be there as long as they win every game. You're, you're right, Ross. In, in terms of the the match itself, I mean, even before that, the other games we played, I said I said them were grand all the time when we're watching the games together. A lot of the play that Celtic do looks good, but it's always in front of the defence. It's very rare you would get a, a free ball. You make it a wee bit of turnbull, then a wee bit of ball over the top. That's once or twice a game. We don't ch- we don't challenge our keepers enough for me. And the the way we play at the moment, it just seems to be like we'll pass it side to side and wait until there's an opening in the middle. And teams Aye. find that easy to defend against. You just come back in your box when you lose the Celtic lose the ball. Have one guy up up front challenge for the header and fight for the flick ons. Teams have figured out how to play against that. And in terms of the goals, you are right. Christy deserves a mention. I was quite shocked when he actually started the game, to be fair. I thought he, yeah, he wasn't doing too much wrong, even though he wasn't too, doing too much brilliant. But he did make that difference. The first cross in, as you said, he could have crossed in early, but he took that touch onto the byline and crossed in. And Edward actually got across the defender, which he never really does, which was a brilliant goal. And then the second goal as well, the cross in. But I have to say, it was a Brilliant bit of play by Eddie, holding off the two defenders and having the calmness to take it past the keeper and basically put it in the net. I mean, what do you, what do you think, John, about in terms of Christie playing there? What, what do you think? Do you think he should be playing there? Ayeti, Griffiths, Kamala? What's your opinion? No. 
I mean, like you said, uh, he has, like Ross says, he's come under a bit of stick recently. And I, I, I even said it in the last podcast as well. And I definitely didn't expect him to start. Uh, but he, he did play an integral role uh, in those two goals, uh, which essentially won us the game. So, I mean, we can't fault him for his performance. I still think he's not the guy to be playing up front anyway, I, personally. Yeah. I mean, like you say, we've got Kamala, you've got Yeti, you've got Griff. It's like, if you want to play him, then you need to drop somebody else. And then the formation that we're playing in this diamond formation, obviously it's set up. It's like, again, I touched on this, the other one as well. It's like, who do you drop? Yeah. And it must yeah, be a bit right. of a headache for Lennon as well because it's like you've got some other players uh, that are playing well and you're having to drop one to, to play another. Uh, and we, we definitely don't seem to have settled on a team um, and we're rotating a lot of players in a lot of different positions, playing some players out of position in the time. And, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the way, the way you said it are as well about the rotation of the team. There was a stat somewhere saying he's, he's changing 33 times and 36 occasions or something this season. He's still he's just not settled on a on an 11. And we, we touched upon it last week as well, John, in terms of the wingers. I mean, there's Forrest coming back and Johnson's on the bench. What what, what does he do there? Because Forrest can't play a centre midfield role. He, may, he maybe could play behind the striker, but then you're losing Turnbull's quality. So there's a lot of things that need to be ironed out towards the end of the season. What way you're going to work the formations? For me, Christie, I, I, my opinion of Christie is he looks like he's trying really hard, but sometimes he just makes the stupidest mistakes, giving away free kicks that has cost us goals. Um, free mm-hmm. kicks to the edge of the box. I think it was against Livingston they scored from. I mean, yes, he does come up with some magic. He really does. He's like Rodgers that way. But sometimes I think he's a liability, and that's why I think he's been on the bench the last couple of weeks. So I would personally keep playing a Yeti up there mainly to get him fit because it looks like he's going to be our main striker next season what do you think Ross think a Yeti will be our main striker next season um, if, if he can be if he can get himself fit he's, I mean he obviously he said recently that he's had muscle injuries if he can get fit in a run of games then I think he'll play for Celtic a lot next season whether we can go into next season as him as our main striker is another another question altogether. I don't think I don't think personally that he is anywhere near as good as Edward and he can lead the line. Um but at times he well, certainly when he first came in and he, he scored about five goals early on in the season yeah. and I, I, I thought he was. He reminded me of Gary Hooper. I thought we we've got a really good one here. But recently, just with fitness and stuff, he just looks a bit lazy sometimes. Whereas earlier in the season, he, he didn't look lazy. He was working really hard, and he was he shoots really early, which I love. He yeah. just reminded me of Gary Hooper, but he's got a long way to go to come back and be what he yeah. was at the start of the season. Um, but. No sure if he can lead the line for us. I think if Edward goes, we definitely need to invest in another striker. I, I think in terms of Yari as well, there was a game in Europe against Lille. Do you remember that where he played off front by himself, basically? And he was holding the ball mm-hmm. up, linking the play. And you thought to yourself... Yeah. And as you said, he did, he's Gary Hooper-esque, the way he's built. He's stocky. He looks quite chubby, but that's not just the way he's built. His natural, do you know what I mean? His natural features. And in terms of the fitness side of things, I don't know what you think about this, John. But what does that point to in our like physio department, our training sessions? I mean, Griff took ages to get fit. Ayeri took ages to get fit. Turnbull can't last 90 minutes. I mean, what does that say about the coaching staff? I, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, we can sit here and we, it's all hypothetical. Eh? It's like we can sit here and we can, we, can, we can assume what's going on behind closed doors and everything else. I think this season has just been about a disaster for the start. And I think for tap to bottom through that club at the minute, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that's not working. Uh, when it comes to the fitness and that, I mean, there's only so much your coaches can do. Eh? It's, it, essentially, it's down to the players to put the time in, put the work in. We know Griff has obviously had these problems. It's been documented. He's had these problems and being lazy, and stuff like that in terms of his fitness. Um, and I think that's down to him, and he needs to obviously work on that. I'm not sure what the other players are like, um, but there needs to be an element as well, a eh, like. Match fitness plays a, a, quite a, a large part in it as well. I mean, you can run on a treadmill for 
hours and hours and hours, weeks and weeks, all season. But if you're not playing, you need that sharpness, you need that match sharpness. Yeah. So it's all right to say he looks unfit. Is it maybe just he's no fit fit or he's no yeah. match sharp? And and again, mm-hmm. that it comes back to the way we're rotating the team. None of these players are, are really gelling or getting the opportunity to gel because we can't stick with the same setup. And I think that, again, yeah. that that's another thing that's playing its part because these guys need to be playing with each other week in, week out. Um, and getting a feel for each other and how 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 they how they play together and their their, their movement and everything else in a match scenario. So that's not happening either. And I think especially for a striker, you need to you need to be able to have the the same sort of or an understanding with the players uh, in your midfield and that that are, that are going to be helping um, bring you into the game. But yeah, we've no, had no. so many there's so many changes going on this <clears> season, <throat> and I'm actually interested in to see what Ross says about the whole Christie situation because I think we've discussed this before, Ross. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wanted to see where, where you stand because you, you briefly mentioned that, that we've been a bit hard on him. Um, I just wondered what you were thinking. Um, uh, aye, well, uh, it's not so much we've been hard on him. Uh, some of the criticism he's received has been deserved. He's getting to a point now where he went through a spell Maybe a season and a half, two seasons, but he was absolutely outstanding. His work rate was unbelievable. But this season, some of the criticism that's been aimed at him has been deserved. He's getting to the point where he believes he's better than what he is. Um, and as you say, he's come up with some, or he can come up with some magic. But uh, sometimes, like like say, against St Mern, I think he came on against St Mern. And uh, we had a free kick uh, when he came on, and Turnbull was over it, and he was over it, and I thought, this has got to be Turnbull hitting this all day long. Obviously, Christie has pulled rank, and I could telegraph for a mile what he was going to do, and that was put it straight into the wall. But, um, sorry. I think that in terms of the Christie situation, and what you were saying, Sean, as well, He's a maverick. In terms of the player himself, we I said last week, and I think it's well documented, that his dad was down in England during the summer touting him down these clubs. And I think there's a, there's a move in his head that he wants, and Turnbull's come in and kind of took the crown off him. And I, I think that's ruffled him a wee bit. Do you think he'll be there next season, Ross? Um, I would I would like to think he would be, but um, again, it's it's just conjecture. You you don't know. Celtic might get a big offer for him and they can't turn down like they did with Frimpong. Uh, yeah. He's maybe like he's maybe said that he wants to leave. Uh, he could be one of the want aways. You don't know. It's everything is, that we're talking about, or ninety percent of the stuff that we're talking about is conjecture all the time because we're completely in the dark right now. Uh, with Celtic, there's just no enough communication. But, it's been before a tough move, season, like. Yeah, it has been like. But before we move on to tomorrow's game against Aberdeen, I'm going to ask a question that might ruffle a few Celtic fans or the diehard Celtic fans anyway. Do you think, with the situation with Lee Griffiths in terms of not being fit and continuously be, being unfit or being unavailable for selection, do you think this is his last season at Celtic? Now, this is to both of you, so everyone wants to take a first fire on, but do you think this will be Lee, Lee Griffiths' last year at Celtic? Um, well, for me, I, I do think it will be, especially if we change manager. Well, I think it will be regardless, because I think Lennon's had enough of him now. He's not playing him enough. I mean, he's still got the quality. It's It, it pains me, because I absolutely love Lee Griffiths, but uh, I don't think he'll be there next year. But then again, it's if Edward goes, you need to keep Griffiths, because... Well, where, where would that leave us? Do you know what I mean? Because we, we can't rely on Clamalla. I, I would rather play my daughter up front for Celtic as Clamalla. <laughs> He's just no good enough. That's a bit harsh on Clamalla there, isn't it, Ross? <laughs> oh, I don't know. My daughter's got a good left foot in her. <laughs> what do you think, John? Do you think this will be Griffith's last season then? I, I, I'm, I'm in the similar boat as Ross here. I love Lee Griffiths, but like you say, it, it, it depends who's coming in. Um, I'd like to think he'd keep him, whoever whoever it is that's coming in. I'd like to think he'd be kept because you're left with a Yeti, Clamalla, Bio, and that's it, really. 
So, I mean, I think, obviously, I, I believe Edward's definitely going in the summer. I don't think we're going to be able to keep him, and I'm sure his agents are going to be pushing for him to get away. Um, the what we did with the money that we've brought in for players, I know that there was when you go back to posting these losses, it's like we did. I think after we after Man City got their cut, we were doing about nine or so million for for Frimpong or whatever it is. I want obviously I'm hoping that they put money to reinvest back into the team because it's definitely going to be needed because I imagine there's going to be quite a lot of names going out the door. Yeah. Uh, but we definitely touching on what you said earlier, Ross. I think we definitely need uh, a striker going forward. Edward needs to be replaced. And 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 like you say, I agree with you. Like I, I would like to see Griffith staying because what is he twenty nine? If if he can get his head right, then he's he's an abs he's absolutely an asset. He's he's definitely he's quality. He, he knows where the goal is. He's the best finisher in the country still. Yeah. I would say so if he can get his head right and his fitness right and get back to where he was maybe two years ago, then he's absolutely. A player that would be in the starting eleven for me every time, alongside whoever it may be, because I see, think Celtic domestically should play two up front regardless. Aye, I, I completely agree. It should always be two up front. Um, but I mean, this is going back to, I mean, we, everybody's mentioning his fitness, right? Um, but again, it's it's like we don't. You hear all this stuff about him and Le- Lennon falling out, and um, we don't know. What the the details of that are, or why that is, um, them obviously button heads. Um, I think Griffiths is also suffering because he's not getting the game time, um, and he, he's not got that much sharpness. But you watch him, even when he does come on, the chances he has had this season, where he's come on the park, he he, he runs his heart out, and he doesn't stop. He, right. he he chases every ball. Uh, he's getting his cell over the park, trying to bring other players in, and Joel, just you can just see he's no he's no strum. No, yeah. <laughs> Just just I think, <laughs> I think for me, I'm going to play a bit of a devil's, devil's advocate here. I think the way I'm looking at it is, what's the point paying wages to someone who's unavailable half of the season? Yes, that over the years he's been fantastic for Celtic, scoring wonderful goals. But the last two, three years, he hasn't been reliable. He hasn't been in the, in the starting lineup enough. He hasn't been there to, to, to show his quality, to show what he's good at. And that for me is why he's going to leave Celtic again this season because a new manager coming in won't go through that whole rigmarole that Lennon and Rodgers had to with him. Granted, yes, he has had mental health issues and stuff, but that he's been helped with that. The club have said that, come out and said that, supported him as well. The way you said there that he runs his heart out, John, Kamal does that. It doesn't mean you're a good player. I mean, he's lost his... I'm not saying Griffiths has lost his touch. He's just lost his way at Celtic and I think a new club would be a new lease of life, new lease of life for Griffiths, in my opinion. What do you, what do you think, John? I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, definitely, um, it, and, and it's hit or miss. Like you say, we're not in a position. I think coming this summer, if, if Edward goes where, we should be getting rid of him because we're just leaving ourselves even shorter than we're going to be. Um, yeah. It might be a new manager, might be the thing that he needs. It might be exactly what he needs um, to f- to find his feet again. Um, yeah. A new club might also be that for him. But like you say, I think I still think he's got what it takes. Um, like Ross says best finish in the country for me as well uh, he knows exactly where yeah. the goal is um, <clears throat> set pieces we've seen how deadly he is uh, with the body's feet at free kick as well um, yeah. which we, which we've also been missing quite a bit this season so I don't know uh, like you says it's, it's uh, you can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it but we don't know what's going to be happening until the, the changes in, the, the, in terms of backroom staff are made um, and yeah. then seeing what they want, whatever new manager comes in, because they'll, they'll have their own ideas that they want to bring to the team. They'll obviously have a look at the players that we've got, and then they'll want to, get, we'll want to bring their own guys in. I mean, like any manager yeah. does when they come in, they, the changes are made, so I think we'll just need to wait well, and see. As, as I said, like I, I do want Griffiths to do well. If he comes back to form, yes, he'll be an asset, but the way it's been the last couple of years, I just think maybe it's time to cut losses there. I mean, that's the same with Lennon himself. He's got 20 years service. The Celtic won numerous leagues and cups. Sometimes there's just a time you have to be like, look, take my time's done, move on to somewhere new. But what we'll do now, we'll move on to the game tomorrow, the Aberdeen game, which would be interesting because Aberdeen have found themselves in a, a sticky patch of the road, much like we were. And a lot of Aberdeen fans want McKenna's gone. In terms of their shape, 
going into this going into this game with Celtic. I'm Ross. I'll throw this to you first. Do you think this will be a comfortable yeah. win for Celtic, or do you think it'll be a hard a hard game, hard fought game? Uh, I, I I fancy a comfortable win. I think Aberdeen have more confidence. Celtic have got a wee run going. I know it's at home. Well, the results have not been as good as probably what they have been in the past, and probably our away form is a bit better than our home form. But yeah. Aberdeen haven't scored in five games. I think even even having Duffy at the back for us, <laughs> I think we'll be comfortable. Yeah. So, like, in in terms of the the way Aberdeen are at the minute, as I said, touched upon their McInnes. There was a banner, I think I'd say, by Tawdry saying they want them out. Um, as you said, they haven't scored in five games. They've signed a few strikers. So there's a familiar name in there, Flo Camberry. He used to play for Hibs and Rangers. He had a bust-up with Lenny as well, just before he left Hibs. I think that's what led to get Lenny to sack. What do you think, John, in terms of the game tomorrow evening? Do you think it'll be comfortable, as, as uh, Ross said? Or what way do you think this will go? <coughs> I, I thought St. Johnson was going to be comfortable and it wasn't. <laughs> uh, so, Save I mean, your predictions. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it's it's like Ross says, I mean, Aberdeen are not the team they have been in recent seasons either. Um, they've always been a tough game for us. Um, but the way we're playing, I mean, normally I would be pretty confident uh, with the way they're playing at the minute, but the way we're playing uh, is difficult for me to say right or oh, no, definitely. Uh, obviously, I think we'll win. Uh, I, I want us to win, obviously, um, but I don't think, in terms of, I, I'll keep my predictions at the minute, but I don't think I'm going to be as confident as I was maybe the last time you asked me. <laughs> as, as, you, as you said there, <laughs> get into the game, I mean, so Johnson you thought would be, what, 4-0, then you changed it to 4-1, that was way off, like, but um, in terms of, <laughs> yeah, in terms of the in terms of the shape, <laughs> In terms of the shape Aberdeen find themselves in at the moment, what what I'm most concerned about is that we always see this with Celtic. We go into these games against teams. Granted, Aberdeen are a top six club. We'll have to give them their dues in that, in that front. They finished third, I think, in the last couple of seasons as well. But the way Celtic went to these games, the way Aberdeen are at the minute, is just the face versa, the, the, the role reverse of the way Celtic were just a couple of weeks ago. And what I'm afraid of happening, Aberdeen find out with a wee bit of form Flo Camberry and stuff up front. I think they signed a young Scally trigger, uh, striker, Fraser Hornby, on loan from an Italian club. So he, he must have a bit of graft about him. And as I said, the, the way you look at it, can't sell the go on a run here to the end of the season or just takes one slip up to bring back the old the old defensive frailties and the old way Celtic are playing. Are you confident, Ross, that we can overcome that tomorrow evening and get a victory? I'm confident that we can go on a run to the end of the season, let alone a, a victory tomorrow night. Um, I think we're, we're. I know the performances are no great, but they're getting results. We're starting to build a bit of momentum. Um, and I fancy we can go on 10, 12 game run here. Uh, and I fancy us to beat Aberdeen quite comfortably in the morning night. Yeah. Maybe maybe the final nail in the coffin for McInnes. I mean, that would be one trophy for the season, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think McInnes should get the sack. I think he's earned a bit more time than. A run of bad results during a pandemic uh, with no fans. Uh, I think the Faberdeen sacked him after the heavy defeat that we're going to inflict. Uh, oh, you're <laughs> I think, uh, Ross. I need to touch some wood here. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, in, t- in terms of the lineup, we're going to our lineup predictions. What have you gone for in terms of lineup formation, strike partnerships? Far away there. I think we're going to stick to the diamond uh, as we have done. Um, it'll be being goals. Um, I'm hoping Welsh is back. I mean, I, I know he was. It was sort of. He was sort of monitored up until before the game. But I'd like to see, obviously, Kenny Welsh higher. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. We'll probably stick with Taylor because uh, mm-hmm. he's had a decent few games. Um, I'd like to think at this time we're going to. Uh, Guy Scott Brown the rest so sorry we'll be back in the team uh, Turnbull I think Turnbull will start McGregor and I don't know if, if, if we're going to be playing Christie maybe just play him behind Edward and Ajay if, 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 okay. if, 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 we, if we really have to um, but I'd, I don't know I mean we can, we, we're going to do this now up to the end of the season and uh, making these team predictions and we're probably all going to be wrong <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> because <laughs> the way the team's being rotated at the minute, that we can't settle on anything. So, no. But that, that that's what I think. I think maybe we'll play Christie just off um, Ajayi and Edward, uh, then McGregor, Tumble, Sorrow, and then. So the back four, you're it? dropping you're dropping the magic man Rodzik then, are you? Aye. Yeah. I I I mean he had a he had a good game against Saint Mirren. He was phenomenal. One of the like one of the better games he's had for a while. Uh, but I thought he was poor against Saint Johnson. Really poor. Yeah. He was out of the game most of that, wasn't he? He was non existent at times. What about yourself, Ross? Where do you find yourself in the lineup predictions? Uh, I, I think we'll go with the diamond again, purely because we've absolutely no width available in the new. I, I mean, I know Johnston's there, but he was well playing at what's it? He's so weak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I would go with Bain and goals. I think he'll be the mainstay right to the end of the season now. Uh, if Welsh is fit, uh, I'll probably bring him in for Duffy, but if no, then it would be Duffy, Ayer. Kenny and Taylor, who I, did, I think Taylor doesn't get enough credit. I think he's a very good defender, which is his job first and foremost. Uh, and he he gets unfair criticism. Uh, he's not got a winger to play alongside where he, he can overlap him or get help. He's out there on his own. And it's the same on the other side. The, the wing-backs have had unfair criticism. I mean, they have been rotten, but I, I just think with a winger... It's an easier job. Uh, so, mm-hmm. aye, that'd be my back four. Uh, and then I'll play the diamond. Uh, I think Brown will stay in there just because in the three games he's played, I think he's been very, very good. One of the best players in the team. Uh, without being like, without it being too obvious, he just does the dirty stuff and he's been doing it well. Uh, and I think it'll be McGregor on the right, uh, McGregor on the left, Christie on the right, and Turnbull in the 10 roll. And I would probably go with Edward and, believe it or no, Griffiths. I think we'll start the morning. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some interesting points. I'll fire my team in and see what we'll think of this. I went with Bain and Gold, Kenny right back, Duffy and I are to continue at centre back because maybe Welsh isn't fit enough. Taylor at left back. I went for Sorrow just mainly because I don't think Brown can keep playing these continuous amounts of games of. We've seen it earlier in the season. He did kind of tail off a wee bit and the pace of the game got too much. That's not to say he's not a brilliant player, which he is. Just maybe he needs a wee rest. I think McGregor will be on the left. I think the Wizard of Oz, Big Rodzik, will play on the right. Turnbull at the point of the diamond. And I went for Edward and Yeti up top. Mainly, I don't want to drop Rodzik because last time I said anything about him, he went and pulled a performance out of his arse against St. Mern. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep him in there mainly because of that. I know you had a kind of a bad game against uh, St. Johnson, but the whole team did in general. The whole team were absolutely abysmal. In terms, we'll do another wee thing as well. In terms of goal scores and your goal predict your your score predictions as well. I want you to give me the goal scores of that. John, I'll go to you first. What's your score prediction and your goal scores? I'm going to say two nothing, and I get what they'll keep his scoring form, and and the, the other goal it could be anybody. I'll say Turnbull. Oh, Eddie and Turnbull then? Aye. It seems I like you've lost your battle a wee bit, John. Where's the four and fives? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, was about, too, <laughs> I was too overconfident last time. Just because I did. <laughs> I mean, we, we went a couple, of, a couple of games there where we were scoring four continuously, so yeah. I guess I, I got overconfident. But then I saw against St. Johnson just exactly where we are this year. <laughs> and that, it quickly reminded oh. me. But I still, I still think we've got enough ability to win, but I don't think it's going to be as comfortable as maybe some might think, oh, Ross. Yeah, 100%. What about you, Ross? What's <laughs> your, your you score? <laughs> uh, I think we'll win 3-0. 3-0 uh, okay. And I think probably Edward will get a double and Christy will get the other one. Fair enough. I've went for 3-1. Always put the one in there because keeping clean seats of Sally does an impossible task sometimes. My uh, goal scorers are going to be Eddie needs to get one. I'll get Turnbull to get the other. And I'll go very controversial, but I'm going to go with the Duffmeister. Duffy to get the other one. What do I think about that? <laughs> the giraffe. <laughs> the big trap. See that he does them galloping runs from the back. I'm like, oh my God. See he tries to turn. I think he's going to break his hip. It's, it's mental, isn't it? <laughs> uh, he's, it's, uh, he's just 
it's so bad to watch, man. And again, as we said last week, we don't want to bash Duffy, but come on, mate, you're playing in the Premier League, and I'm uh, sure you're better than that. So, in terms to of... To be fair, though, he, he done his job on uh, Sunday. He done what he was asked to do, albeit awkward at times, but he done his job. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I touched on this briefly as well. I mean, he, he got to the point where he was gone for every ball, which is fine. Uh, that's what you want for your centre-half. But he was pitting, he was he was clattering his own team. Like, there was no... I don't know if, 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 if people in this day and age still call for balls um, when they're coming in. But Duffy, he didn't care who was in front of him a couple of times against St. Johnson. He just flung his cell at the ball. Yeah. Which I, I think I, he's taking a anger or not. I it, it just I don't think like he's it was, got it was any, frustration. I don't think he's got any sense of spatial awareness. I just think he, he does whatever's on his mind, and that's that. If it comes off, it comes off, and it came off on Sunday. I mean, every, every time I see the camera panned off, he's looking at the sky. I'm like, come on, the, the, the games were fun. <laughs> just focus on the game. Maybe that's something happen for you. But in terms of Aye. the segment, I think that's us pretty much finished. We've covered every base, the statement, the things like that, which is brilliant. Before we go, I just want to make the followers aware who's going to listen to this uh, podcast and segment that we're available on Spotify now, thanks to John, and our YouTube channel is growing by the day. So you'll find us on there. I think we'll be on Spotify first before YouTube. Is that correct, John, tonight, anyway? Uh, it should be up on Spotify tonight. Uh, I um, try and get up. It's a wee bit diff- more difficult uploading to YouTube these days because... Yeah. He's working, but it'll be up uh, as soon as possible, regardless. Uh, I just want to say as well, thanks for everybody that's been listening and and checking out on YouTube. Uh, I've noticed as well, just through looking at analytics and stuff, uh, there's been some listens picking up on Spotify as well. So, thanks to everybody who's obviously taking the time to to get a listen. Brilliant. I mean, for me as well, this page has been a week and a half in existence, and we've we've grew really well in that short week and a half. Thanks to yourself, John, as well for being basically in charge of YouTube and all that type of thing. And Ross, I hope you come back on in the near future as well. I'll be looking forward to speaking to you again. Did you enjoy the your partner show today? Aye, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's my first experience at this and I'm glad i done it. Um, I was a bit nervous to begin with. Probably you'll tell that in the sound of my voice, certainly people that know me anyway. But uh, I sort not of like settled into it. And, uh-huh. So you don't like you being nervous? <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, uh, thanks, but for I, no, thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it and I look forward to coming back. Yeah, and there, there will be a few more other people joining the podcast as well in the coming weeks. So that'll be something to look forward to. So just before we go, just want to say thank you to everybody again who's listening, who's following and liking everything we're putting up at the moment. And if you can, just press the subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on uh, Spotify as well. The Instagram page is up and running and there's loads of followers and content on there as well. Daily news, rumours, that sort of thing. And we've also recently put up Twitter. Twitter's grown as well. So we're growing on all platforms and we're looking forward to the coming weeks and months ahead to see where this page takes us. But in the meantime, to everybody that's listening, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.